Going to start things tonight with the first of what will be two rounds of unfinished business. And unfortunately, they both have to deal with people that have passed on. The first one I just discovered not too terribly long ago. The man who played lead guitar in Roy Clark's band, the Wild what, with Rodney Lay, the Wild West and Fancy, Vernon Sandusky has passed away. He lived in Edna, Kansas. Population as of 2010 was 442, a very small town. The man was a talented guitar player, and I had a chance to hear him play along with Roy in Branson a number of years ago. He was very good. He played with other bands prior to Roy, and he will very definitely be missed. Vernon Sandusky was 80 years old. And speaking of birthdays, there's another one in our midst tonight. Today is Kansas Day, my friends. Happy birthday to the state of Kansas. It is 159 years old. In former home state, you don't look any older than 100. Happy birthday, state of Kansas, and now for tonight's show. When you hear about people who are in political office, you very rarely hear them talk about anything other than the issues of the day. But I'm finding the opposite to be true with regard to Kansas City, Missouri's new mayor, Quentin Lucas. He has an enthusiasm and a passion for the city of Kansas City, and that might have been what made 
the folks at In Kansas City Magazine interested in doing a conversation with him. Cindy Hodel was the person who had this conversation with KCMO's mayor. And it looks to me like she was able to find out a lot of other things besides issues. And in fact, really doesn't spend a whole lot of time with them. Which is what I find appealing, especially for this particular show. This is in Kansas City Magazine's conversation with Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas. We will go to it in detail right after this. The New Directions podcast now has a Facebook page, and I invite you the next time you're on Facebook to stop by and take a look at it. It's the New Directions podcast at RKC70. I have posted show sources all over the page, and I also have a section of people that this podcast will be following. may end up featuring them on future editions of this show. So whenever you get a moment, whenever you're on Facebook again, please stop by the New Directions podcast at RKC70, and I think you're going to like what you see there. The last time that I had mentioned the Kansas City, Missouri mayor's name was when he was on the city council during the Paseo to Martin Luther King Jr. issue and had a, had a follow-up after that, soon after he became mayor, I believe is when it was. But this is an opportunity, and I thank the folks from In Kansas City Magazine for doing this, of really getting to know Mayor Quentin Lucas himself. The words, of course, were by Cindy Hodel, And the one photo, if you have the magazine, you know where to find it. It's from Cameron G. He looks bigger in person than on TV. And that's not the only surprising thing about Kansas City's 35-year-old mayor, Quentin Lucas. His strong athletic frame sports a well-tailored navy suit and ruby red tie. Yet he drapes himself diagonally into a conference chair with the languor of a teen in joggers. He's got the standard politician's quick-draw smile, to be sure, but he's just as loose, unfurling a grimace, wince, or furrowed brow. His face is a live stream of authentic reactions, neither poker-faced nor overly animated. Mayor Q, as some constituents call him, wears both parts of his biography easily. An impoverished fatherless childhood in the urban core and an elite scholarship-fueled education at the Barstow School in Kansas City, Washington University in St. Louis, and Cornell Law School in New York. He embraces the criticism that he is an East Side guy when it comes to policy priorities, and also makes no apologies for talking white. (coughs) Excuse me. And I'll skip this. In an in-depth conversation in his 29th floor City Hall office, Lucas talks about his goals for 2020, early successes he's proud of, 
his impressions of the Democratic presidential primary field, why, no, it's okay, the challenges of dating while mayor, and his abiding passion for our AFC champion chiefs, which will be a good segue to the second part of this podcast tonight. During the season, Mayor Lucas shows his take on, shares his take on the Chiefs on 610 Sports Radio at 830, 8.20 rather, on Mondays. And on KPRS Hot 103 Jams at, on 6.55 a.m. on Fridays. And this conversation was what was take, took place a little over a month ago, I believe. Well... The questions start out this way. As an avid fan, were you able to watch the Chiefs' major victory over the Patriots in Foxborough? He said, oh my gosh, yes. I watch every game. Indeed, my staff, after the Patriots game, actually tried to talk to me and get me to do stuff. I was like not in any way close to a Chiefs game. The Chiefs have been a passion of mine since childhood. When I was in law school in upstate New York... I would listen to the Chiefs games on streaming Wi-Fi in the Cornell Law School library. I would shout every now and then, and people were like, what is he doing? And who goes to the library for that? What were your takeaways from the Patriots game with regards to the Chiefs' chances in the postseason? If you can go to Foxborough and defeat Tom Brady and the Patriots on their home field, that means you can beat anyone in the AFC. So as we continue to work towards getting back to the Super Bowl, my thought is the defense was firing on all cylinders, especially special teams, and certainly the offense. Patrick Mahomes and all the guys are exceptional. I have great hope for what lies ahead. You're not new to city politics, having served on the city council, but how is being mayor different in ways you didn't expect? I think the volume of information, activity requests, and pressure is more significant than I thought it would be. It's a lot cooler in some ways. How? I have a chance to go anywhere in the city and talk to folks of all different walks of life. That has really been a great joy, and not just in Kansas City. I've had a chance to go all around the region. I was in Iowa recently visiting with presidential candidates. Why? The U.S. Conference of Mayors put together a presidential candidate forum. It was organized by Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, and we interviewed the candidates. I interviewed billionaire Tom Steyer. He was an interesting character. After my interview, all these mayors were coming up to me and a reporter from The Atlantic, and they were saying, you did a great job. You pulled out more of his personality than anyone ever has. What were you able to pull out? Something that has challenged him as a candidate and may doom him. Said you are a successful hedge find executive. What gives you the qualifications to be president of the United States? I asked him, you went to Phillips Exeter Academy. You went to Yale, then Stanford. Your life has been in New York City and San Francisco. How do you relate to somebody from Kansas City or Waterloo? I gave him a chance to talk about his family background and some of the positions that he has been working on for decades, and I think it was interesting. I don't know if he left with more votes, but he left with more people saying, all right, there's a neat guy. Seeing mayors interview the candidates is really quite interesting. Senator 
Amy Klobuchar was interviewed by the mayor of Hartford, Connecticut, and I learned a lot about her. I want to move away from... I want to, I want to move away from politics, if at all possible, and give you a chance to learn a little bit about the man's personality. Just a second here. Okay. One of the things he talks about, dating, a dating white mayor has got to be a nightmare. The mayor responded, I would not recommend it. Most of the time, people are nice, but there's a lot of pressure. There are other pressures as well. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I was sad because I was reading about more homicides in our city. And, the, and there are those issues that end up being something where there's this great pressure because you really do feel the weight of it all on you. I have never found it persuasive when somebody who's got an important job says something to the effect of, well, it was this way for three years and it's a whole new, and it's a whole system and all of that. That's bull. People say their mayor, people see their mayor and they want that person to have solutions and ideas. And when I don't have them, I feel like I'm disappointing people and letting down our community. That's why I work like hell and and why I get disappointed like hell when it seems like we're not being as productive as we need to be. It's very clear that he cares about he cares about being the main man in Kansas City. I'll throw you one more question. As the mayor of a large Midwestern city, what are you looking for in a president? What can be done in the White House that would support your work in Kansas City? He said, lots. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people should not perish from the earth. The mayor is trying very, very hard to bring people together. And I think sooner or later he's going to be able to do that. It's just going to take some time to do The entire interview with Mayor Quentin Lucas is in the January issue of In Kansas City Magazine. We're going to switch gears and talk Chiefs and give you an interesting scenario. What if your doctor was also a football player? We will discuss on the other side of this break. Terry Runyon here from the New Directions podcast. I wanted to make this show as Kansas City-based as possible. And I wanted to find some sources to use to try to make this happen. One source I was able to find was in Kansas City Magazine. You hear a lot of headlines on the news. But this magazine takes those headlines scratches the surface and gives you inside details behind what you see on television. And that's one of the things that I enjoy. 
It also profiles the music scene, talks about a different restaurant every month. It goes into places in Kansas City that no other outlet would. And I'm a big fan of this magazine for that very reason. I love what, it do, what they do with this. I think the reporting is fantastic. And I invite you, the next time you're in a new, at a newsstand that has In Kansas City Magazine, to pick one up. You will be very glad that you did. Now here's a scenario that you may not have thought about when you were looking for your doctor. What if you were looking for a doctor to take care of you, but unfortunately your doctor could not because he was in Miami? That is the case with one of our chiefs. His name is Laurent Duvernay Tardif. He is the first medical doctor playing in the NFL. And he's playing this coming Sunday in the Super Bowl. Here's a report on him from CNN. He wanted someone super quiet. Just a second here. Yeah, and he wanted someone to help out with chores, so we got Jean-Pierre. But one thing we could both agree on was getting Geico to help with renter's insurance. He loves to vacuum. It's a tremendous feeling, you know, there's so much excitement, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous opportunity and I'm really grateful, it's a privilege to be here. It was such a grind to make it in the NFL, I can't imagine studying to be a medical doctor as well. How were you able to pull this off? I mean, it's been a, it's been a, a work in progress, you know, for the past five years, every offseason, every moment I had, I would go back home in Montreal at McGill University, where I did my curriculum part-time. Uh, there's some season we would, like, finish first week of the play uh, of the playoff, and I would fly back five days later and start OBGYN, and then uh, uh, psychiatric, and then internal medicine. Uh, it was a, it was a grind, it was a lot of sacrifice, but uh, at the end of the day, it was worth it. Stepping on that uh, stage at McGill University, getting that MD was probably the best moment of my life after winning the Super Bowl a couple of days from now. <laughs> I love that. Um, those moments you talked about after the playoffs and getting right into the studies and those long nights, what kept you going? I think it was that vision, you know. I always wanted to be like a student athlete and uh, a lot of people told me like, you know what, maybe you're going to have to choose at some point and, and, and just to show all the kids out there that it's possible to have true passion and to combine it at the highest level. Uh, it, it was kind of, I was doing it for me, but I was also doing it for them, you know, just to show them that it was it was possible and it was my dream, you know, and when you have true passion, you don't count the hour, you just make it happen. Legacy-wise, what do you hope to look back someday and say that you impacted the world? I think I want people to, uh, to see me as one of the best student athletes in the world. Uh, and, of course, you want to be the best football player, you want to be the best doctor, but to be able to combine both at the highest level and, and made it, uh, I think that's my biggest accomplishment. Let me share with you <clears throat> the full article. Just a second here. This doctor has one of the most important jobs in Super Bowl 54, but he's not a part not part of the team's medical staff. Instead, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, 
who earned his Doctor of Medicine degree from McGill University in Canada in 2018, plays right guard on the Chiefs' offensive line. He is tasked with protecting superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes, as well as trying to deliver the Chiefs their first Super Bowl win in 50 years. Duvernay Tardif, the first practicing medical doctor on an NFL roster, will soon become the first medical doctor set to play in the Super Bowl. When I stepped on that stage at McGill University and got my MD last year, it was probably the most best moment of my life, after the one I'm going to live Sunday. A laughing Duvernay Tardif alluding to Sunday's Super Bowl 54 said to CNN on Monday. Duvernay Tardif, 28, stands at 6 feet 5 inches and listed at 321 pounds. When he speaks English, the Montreal native's French accent is evident while also giving a warm smile. I think I want people to see me as one of the best student-athletes in the world, said Duvernay Tardif. <clears throat> in his sixth NFL season and in the midst of a five-year, $42.4 million contract. Of course, you want to be the best football player. You want to be the best doctor. But to be able to combine both at the highest level, I think it's my biggest accomplishment. Sometimes his teammates may occasionally call him Doc or Doctor, but they also call him Larry, and it's evident his intellect transfers to the gridiron. Without a doubt, especially with the offensive line position, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey said Tuesday, you have to be a very smart dude. There's a lot of stuff that goes into protections and how we're going to identify the run game. Larry stepped in. He figured it out early in his career, and he has just taken it for a ride ever since. Said, uh, said Chiefs offensive tackle Eric Fisher on Tuesday, he's a doctor, he's a football player. I think he's got two passions in life, and he's a professional in both of them. How many of us can say that? Usually everyone's just a professional with one thing. He's a professional with two. Pretty crazy things that not many people can do. What he's accomplished up to this point in life is pretty amazing. Duvernay Tardif was no lock to reach the NFL and he has had a bit of a scare getting into medical school as well. Because he had entered the incorrect date on his calendar, Duvernay Tardif, whose first language is French, missed the deadline to get into French-speaking medical schools in Quebec. At McGill, one of three English-language universities in Quebec, he didn't initially join the football team until later during his freshman season, as he worked on his English to keep up in class. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Duvernay Tardif wasn't playing for a typical powerhouse program that produces NFL players. Previously, just one other player had been selected in the NFL draft from McGill. Defensive tackle Randy Chevrier, I guess, who was drafted in the seventh round by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2001. As Chiefs general manager Brett Veach once alluded on February 7, 2019, when Tardif came out, he had some tape from McGill that wasn't Alabama or Auburn. It was Canadian tape and looked like Division II or III football. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid explained it further on Tuesday at the team hotel in Aventura, Florida. You have to understand where he came from, Reid said. McGill University is a great university. However, the football might not be the same level that you see at the college level in the States here. There was quite a gap that he had to climb there just to be an NFL player, and he attacked that, probably just like he did becoming a doctor with the tough classes that he had to take. 
But that's the way he's gone about it. He's worked his tail off. He's strong. He's smart. He loves to play the game. Duvernay Tardif was in his third year of medical school when the Chiefs drafted him in the sixth round in 2014. There was also a Chiefs tied to, du to Duvernay Tardif's al alma mater. Reed's mother graduated with a medical, medical degree from McGill. <clears throat> with his head coach's blessing, Duvernay Tardif continued his studies, returning to Montreal during off-seasons to fulfill his clinical rotations in pediatrics, obstetrics, geriatrics, and his preferred specialization, emergency medicine. I was confident in my ability to play in the NFL for sure, he said. You look at the stats and how long is an average career and all that stuff. With studying medicine, I didn't know what was, what was going to happen. But everything turned out great, and I think Coach Reed is a big part of that too. He understood what I was trying to do with my study. He gave me the chance to balance both. If it was not for him, I would have just gotten my MD and would not be here this week for sure. To prepare for his final exams, Duvernay Tardif isolated himself in an apartment outside of Montreal and studied up to 14 hours a day. And on May 29, 2018, he earned his medical doctorate after an eight-year journey, wearing a white lab coat after the ceremony with his uniform number 76 stitched on the back. It was a grind, Duvernay Tardif said to CNN. It was a lot of sacrifice, but at the end of the day, it was worth it. After that, he was right back with the Chiefs for training camp. Now more work lies ahead this week in Miami. I don't get any feeling that he's ready to become a doctor right now and go that direction, Reed said. I look for more years with him and continued growth. Residency indeed does remain on hold for Duvernay Tardif, and it's hard to say when it will begin. Because I want to do emergency medicine, and they only take anywhere between five and six students at McGill per year, it would put too much stress on the rest of the rest of the cohort, he told CNN, adding that he is in contact with the Faculty of Medicine at McGill. We'll find a way, he continued, but I think this year I wanted to focus more on football. But he says the good news is that I didn't do an undergrad before getting into medical school, so I'm still really young. I'm 28. A lot of people are not done with their residency or haven't even started their residency when they were 28. I still have plenty of time. The most important thing is to stay up to speed with the knowledge, for sure. Talk about someone who has dual careers. That lineman is very smart to be able to combine his two. And I think, from what I've been able to see, he's been doing pretty well. But the work continues. We will look ahead to tomorrow's edition of this podcast right after this. I have always known the king of country music to be Roy Acuff, and as far as I'm concerned, he still is. But I watched a country music special a little over a year ago when someone else was given that title. That someone else's name was George Strait. He paid a visit to, Sp to Sprint Center a little over a week ago did a couple of shows. Tim Finn from In Kansas City Magazine wrote a concert review about George Strait's performance. 
and we will look at that performance along with another Chiefs update tomorrow on the New Directions podcast. Be sure to join me then. And stand by now for final thoughts. The people who have been football fans a lot longer than I have are chomping at the bit for this game. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Because I could very easily compare the way they feel with the way I felt in 2015 when the Royals were getting ready to play game number five. And especially when things got very magical near the end of the game. So I can understand the way people feel about this. And from following the Chiefs this year, I'm happy right along with you. And I think it's going to be great. Mayor Quentin Lucas, passionate about his Chiefs, has already won one bet with the folks in Tennessee. And we'll just see what happens with San Francisco. And we'll just see how well he does with regard to the bet this time around. I kind of get the feeling that Mayor Lucas is going to be 2-0, and but we will see what develops as we go along. And with that, that's going to wind things up for this edition of the New Directions podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. We will see you on the radio tomorrow. And until then... Saying yesterday morning, very Take early. Home. And uh, you, uh, Fox 4 has requested it. So by request... Please, thank you. I'm going to do another... This is a video version, all right? I got my friends and family all blowing up my phone. My kids think I've gone crazy as I'm running around my home. Well, I heard Dan Patrick wanted me to call into his show. I guess the Chiefs must have won the AFC and we're headed to the Super Bowl. When I was just a little girl, on my daddy's knee I remember it like yesterday It was 1970 Oh, the Chiefs sat Lenny Dawson Then Buck Buchanan, Bobby Bell Oh, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl I heard my daddy yell Well, 50 years They came and went And sometimes we got close Gonzalez never got to go Jamal, no, the great priest homes So many times it broke my heart Thought I might Never know. But the Chiefs just broke that playoff curse and we're headed to the Super Bowl. Santa Claus is hiding the Superman. This girl has a nose. We traded up in 17 for the greatest back mahomes. Now I will never worry, even if we're far behind. Because the way that number this team plays is no one takes Anything I love as much as California weed. Harvey Kelsey bringing Chris Hunt and Badger and Reed. So take me back to Kansas, barbecue and rock and roll. Because the Chiefs just won the AFC and they're heading to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs just won the AFC and they're headed to the Super Bowl. There you go, girl. There you go.